And welcome to the Future of Gaming podcast. My name is Nico. As usual, I'm your host. I'm joined by our friends Devin, and today we have a special episode focused on what is the hottest card game in the Web3 space right now, probably the hottest game in the Web3 space right now, and that is Parallel. Joining us today, we have Koji Nagata, who is the co-founder and head of gameplay and game design at Parallel. Um, and the plan is to to jam about you know the beginning of Parallel. Um, what the initial idea was, learnings from everything they did up until this point, and then plans for the future. Koji, thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you, and and thanks for the uh, uh, amazing intro. I'm I'm hot for once in my life. Um, yeah, I okay. You wanted me to introduce myself. I think you did a pretty good job. I am a co-founder and and head of game design development at Parallel. Uh, I think that's just a really fancy way of saying that, like, I get to make up the fun stuff. Uh, basically, the rules of the game and uh, the cards were created by me and then thankfully heavily edited by my team to make them actually playable and good. Um, Parallel is a TCG similar to Magic the Gathering or Hearthstone, if you've played any of those. If you haven't, uh, basically the idea is to collect cards and build a deck before you even get into a match. And then currently you play a 1v1 match against your opponent uh, and use those cards to take their life total down to zero from uh, 30 before they take you down to zero. You said currently, and that stood out to me. Why did you say currently? Uh, uh, because we're, we're building a 3v3 mode. Nice. Um, which will be hopefully super fun and exciting. I mean, the one thing that I find that TCGs are, are, are really lacking as far as... Uh, the digital ones especially, is a team-like experience. There's a difference between playing games with your friends and playing games against your friends. And so we, because we started as a company um, where we were in COVID playing games with one another, that's what sort of inspired us to make uh, try our hand at making Parallel. Uh, we decided, okay, well, there's got to be a team mode in there somewhere. So we've, we're um, working on that, and it should be coming uh, eventually i don't want to make any promises about timelines but yeah amazing this is a slight tangents and then we can dig into what you did before you decided to start building parallel but i've i've kind of noticed that since covid more and more games are more pve and more cooperative and i've seen like a, a huge rise have you guys seen that as well yeah good good so koji uh, well Hold on, because I, I, I want I want to get into that. I think that like especially in COVID, we're so isolated, right? That like you 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 know a lot of the games that are PvP, you kind of like feel a little bit by yourself, like it's you against the world sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But like when reality is sort of you against the world, you know, players are looking for games to escape. So like it makes sense that if we don't have that like camaraderie in real life, we're not going to the office, you know, seeing people on a regular basis, hanging out with our friends more regularly you know, we need to find an outlet for that. And so the, the, the sort of PVE or the multiplayer uh, co-op experience just makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say it's not even necessarily just taking away from PVP, but also filling that gap between single player and PVP. Because like there was like, you know, tons of single player games, tons of PVP games. But as you said, during COVID, like people were kind of looking for a way to connect with other people, kind of like, you know, feel like they were part of the world again. And I think PVE was a way for like people that just aren't into PVP to do something social again. You know, you, you obviously got the Minecraft, the Roblox of the world, but I think it did make sense to like 
introduce a bit more of these sort of experiences so that single player wasn't single player anymore. Mm-hmm. And you see it, you see it like there's an uptick in, in, in gaming across the board. I don't just mean like digital gaming. You look at things like a lot more people are playing D&D. Gloomhaven and Frosthaven are really popular board games. Uh, Pandemic and Pandemic Legacy are also huge. And if you don't know what any of these games are, that's fine. But they're all uh, games where all the players are working together to try and beat the game. Mm-hmm. Fascinating trend. It, it seems to boil down to player motivations. And traditionally, you have mastery and you have, you know, expression, but there's also, you know, socialization in there. And, and you know, since we've become more physically isolated, games are trying to fill that gap, I guess. Um, and I think that's a really good thing. Koji, before you started building or decided to build a game, during COVID, what were you doing? What was I doing? Uh, okay, so I, in my professional life, I was working in the legal industry, building software for lawyers. Um, there's a, a lot of, you, you wouldn't think it's as uh, varietal as it is, but there's a wide variety. My last job, I was uh, working at a company that was doing family law software. And amongst other things, the biggest part of the software was asset division um, and, and, and custody and, and those sorts of payments. And there's a lot of heavy math involved in, um, that sort of stuff. And so no surprise, they needed some sort of nerd that, uh, is able to do some heavy math or at least tell the computer to do heavy math because that's basically what I did. Uh, and, uh, yeah, through there, like I learned a lot about like, oddly, I learned a lot about systems design. Um, also, in my spare time, I spent a lot of time trying to build board games. So not not your traditional uh, computer games, for sure. But um, And I've talked a little bit about this recently. I love board games and card games in the physical world, especially because I think that it is, like, the rawest form of game design. You know, um, you look at things like Naughty Dog, right? And their game design is, like, so good, you know, to the point where... They'll make something, they'll highlight a certain color, maybe yellow, or the room will be dark, but there'll be a light off in the distance. And without telling the player, okay, this is what you need to do, like mentally, it's like, okay, it's very clear this is the goal. But you can't use tricks like that when you're, when you're building board games and card games. Like it, it's all in the player's mind. So the, the, the game design is just all out there. And I, I don't mean that that's better. It's just from a learning perspective, uh, so much more interesting. And also just like you can cheat it probably easier like from a cost perspective so i spent a lot of time trying to build board games and i think that's why when it came time for us to make a game uh you know my my first instinct was like oh it's got to be a card game because that that just fits with nfts like the idea of of selling and trading is ingrained in me since i was a kid playing magic going to the card store that like you, you know you want gamers who are uh uh used to that sort of feel because I feel I feel like it, you know, we're trying to shoehorn buying, selling and trading into other games. It doesn't make as much sense. Not that it, it, it won't pick up or that it won't work, but it just, uh, you know, card gamers have been trained for so long towards this attitude that it, it just, yeah, it just makes sense to me. But yeah, so that's what I was doing. I was I was uh, tinkering with board games. I was uh, building software for lawyers um, and uh, having a child. <laughs> Very busy oh, having in a that order. <laughs> uh, yes, in that order. Yes, the child came right as as parallel started to pick up. So it was uh, completely insane. I mean, it still is an insane time in my life. But at that point, it was completely insane time. Hmm. In my life. You know, t- tell us a bit more about you know your your. I guess 
I'm imagining you behind your computer or your your console playing games with some friends and like we should start we, we should start building a game. And then I, I hear you suggesting, yeah, TCG just just makes sense and I'll take care of the game design aspect. Um what was the thinking that brought you towards building a web three TCG game? Was it oh TCG and then we can use this cool new tech? Or was it the other way around? So um we started playing games uh, with one another and We talked about building a game, and, and of course, like I said, because I'm a board game guy, like there, there's no way they were going to be like, yeah, let's all build a board game together. Like mm -hmm. that, that wasn't going to work, right? And so my next love was card games. We started tinkering with some ideas, and like I would say within four days, uh, probably, I could look at the WhatsApp history and just see, uh, but uh, like basically like four days after we started tinkering with this idea, uh, one of our other good friends, Oscar Marr, who's our, uh, you know, the head of our art department, Uh, contacted us, and this was before Beeple, before uh, you know anyone knew what an NFT was. It was like some of my friends are creating these NFTs, and they seem to be having like a, a mild amount of success. And I know that you guys know tech, and we've like we both we a bunch of us have worked at a startup before that had some uh, Web 3 elements. I'm a, a noob when it comes to it, but I, I worked there uh, in a completely different capacity. I was recording podcasts, but that's a different story altogether. Um, uh, Yeah, and he, he came to us and said, can you help me put my art on the blockchain? And uh, Kalos, uh, to his uh, credit, was like, wait, 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 wait. Don't do that. Your art is great. Uh, don't do that. It's sci-fi. Let's see if we can smash these, thing to, th these things together. Uh, and then they came to me, and I was like, absolutely not. You know, like, don't do not do it. Don't, like, don't touch my, my baby, you know, but... Uh, They, you know, in the end, they were right. And I, I think that, like, the idea, the, the idea that I had to get behind was, like, the tech will actually enable what we want to do. Because, like, I really, really wanted there to be selling and trading and buying and all that stuff in the game because that's one of my favorite parts outside of playing Magic. Um, and I played Hearthstone for so long and couldn't do any of that. And I think that, like, is also part of the social aspect. The idea of, like, hey, I'll give you this card, you give me this card, like... Uh, anyway, so the, once they explained it to me and once we kind of came to terms with the fact like, no, it can still be free to play and all this other stuff. And it's not just going to be like a, a game for like, you know, uh, crypto whales or whatever. I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. So that's kind of how it came about. In, in the game design and everything around it, where did you draw most inspiration from? Um, well, you know, I, I mentioned Hearthstone and I mentioned Magic the Gathering. Obviously, those are huge inspirations for me. But like... Uh, So I'm I'm uh, maybe some people say I'm older than I look, but I, I'm I'm certainly an old man, um, and I, I grew up playing uh, uh, Unlimited Magic. And once when that really took off, there was a whole host of other card games that came about, and we're like, okay, we're gonna try and eat their lunch. And those games still stick with me uh, to an insane degree. So like I remember playing a card game called Gridiron, which was a football-based TCG. I remember playing a, a game called Illuminati. Uh, another big one that they turned into a, a limited board game was Android Netrunner. That one was like super interesting to me because like there were two different types of decks that you would play depending on whether you were the corporate side or the Netrunner side. And there was a whole face down card element. And you can see, obviously, we also have a face down card element. So like there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that like really spoke to me. And then I, I, I spent a lot of time, I, I left this out of my bio. Um, but I, I spent a lot of time playing poker um, right before the poker boom, actually. And then, you know, 
taking a lot of people's money when the poker boom happened, thankfully. Uh, but the adversarial and sort of like sort of informational trading that, that happens like in poker was really interesting to me. And I wanted to try and bring some of those elements uh, into the game. Oh, I should also mention, uh, completely unrelated. I, I also spent a bunch of time as a touring musician once upon a time. So that, that's also, it doesn't really help with the, 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 the game designer credentials, but that's also uh, in there somewhere. Did you do the music for the game then? <laughs> no, we got we we actually got good musicians for that. So, yeah. Is that why you toured? You don't want your reputation following you? Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. No, I um, we we actually did uh, fairly decently in, in Canada. Had some had a lot of fun. Played with some some pretty decent bands. But uh, unfortunately, uh, it comes time. Uh, you have to grow up. A bunch of people got married and had kids. Two of my bandmates got married to each other and had kids. So. That's when it was kind of toast. I'm curious. So uh, you talked about like, you know, you, you got into playing the game with each other and stuff like that. Were you physically playing it together? Did you actually like physically prototype and play the game a bunch that way? Or did you have to like get into tabletop simulator, those kinds of things to actually test it out with each other? So, um, well, okay. Well, a couple of things. When we talked about playing games together, initially we were playing things like, um, online like hearthstone magic we were playing uh i played a lot of apex with them we played call of duty and then when it came time to try our game uh we initially this was when covid was slightly easing up and you could kind of do things with people um and kalos has a cabin in the woods like literally a tiny cabin no electricity no plumbing no nothing out in the middle of nowhere and i remember going to a good friend's office he's uh he works in design and he has like a, a printer like probably the length of my, my, the office that I'm in right now. And he printed out these giant sheets for me of the cards. Like we had like 10 copies of, no, it must've been like 20 or 30 copies of every card. And like, I remember manually cutting them with like one of those giant things, mm -hmm. cutting out all these paper cards. We went out to this cabin and I taught, uh, Kalos and Ethan, who's our, uh, like lead designer, how to, uh, and when I say design, I mean like art design, uh, like the website and all that stuff, the clothes, um, how to play the game. And we did it on paper. And I, I remember having stacks of cards beside us because there's a bunch of things that are like, okay, like make a copy of this card or do this or do that. And it was just like a pile of dice and a stack of cards here to try and keep track of everything. And eventually we translated it to tabletop simulator, which was only slightly less cumbersome. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of iteration there. I still have those cards too. Um, they're actually sitting behind me under this, this record shelf that uh, you can barely see. Mm -hmm. If you had chosen not, um, to go the wet three route, would the game have been different? The gameplay wouldn't have been any different. No. I mean, uh, it was very important to me. When we started out, uh, and it sounds like a silly thing to say now, but when we started out, it was very important to me that we make a game for gamers. It had to be something that anyone who uh, I knew that, that liked TCGs could pick up and play and be like, I like this game. And in fact, uh, it, that almost became a fear before we, we released the closed beta because we're like, is this like too inside baseball? Or is this game only for people who like TCGs? Um, because that's basically what we did. I was like, let me build the game that I want to see. But like my tastes are a little bit esoteric. Like I wonder if people will actually want to see this thing. And thankfully, like so far, so good. Knock on wood. Like we still have a long way to go, but people seem to be pretty happy about it. So, I mean, that's great. But yeah, the idea was uh, let's build the game first and then figure out how the Web3 bit fits into that as opposed to, you know, let's 
let's either work on them together or start with one and then the other. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was, uh, but I will say it was a bit of an uphill battle because a lot of people are like, Oh, like we have to integrate tokens into everything. And like, it's gotta be like, uh, you know, gamify DeFi and all this stuff. And, um, <clears throat> I remember early on in the, in the existence of parallel, people were like, when are you going to release your paper? When are you going to release your paper? And I, I'm thinking to myself like, guys, who gives a fuck? Oh, sorry. Can mm -hmm. I swear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, guys, who, who, who cares? Like, don't worry about the paper. What if the game, what if the paper is the best thing you've ever read and the game sucks? Like, that's no good to you. Like, let, let's just worry about the game first and then the rest will fall into place. You know, I mean, that's just my attitude, but that's probably why I work on the game part and not the, not the Web3 part. Look, I really like what you're saying, right? And it's something that, that we within our community keep saying is that, one, there is no, there is no playbook in this space yet. And two, more importantly, even we're talking about a technology stack. And so when people tell you, where's the token and when's the token and all of that stuff. And it's like, you know, if, if there's no, if there's no token, if the token doesn't make sense within our game, then we don't use it. Like you can use all of the pieces that you like, uh, you can do whatever you, the hell you want. Um, so yeah, appreciate that mindset. Yeah, so I have some yep. questions around the distribution thinking because, like, uh, you know, physical card game, right? You have the the distribution and the rarity is based around shipping out to retail stores, dealing with all that stuff. Then in the digital space, like something like Hearthstone, you know, it's very much just kind of like digital rarity distribution where it's like, all right, we just make sure it kind of spawns this often or whatever. Whereas when you've got NFTs, like that's a whole different ballgame because you're like halfway between the two. Like how did that affect like the design of the cards, the rarity, power curves, that all that stuff that like gets affected by card distribution? Yeah, um, that's an interesting question. I, I'll, I'll tell you a story and I, I don't know if this like uh, helps or hurts us in any way, but um Initially, so I, I was a, a big uh, proponent of everything that needs to be adjustable needs to be sort of off-chain. So all the functions, all the stats, all that stuff doesn't get minted with the cards. Thankfully, I, I won that battle. But one of the other things that I didn't account for was um, addition sizes. And uh, the way the game came about, I don't know if we if people know this, we haven't really mentioned it yet, but we had a, a set of 15 cards that we sold uh, online. And it was just like, not a pack. It was just like, here are the 15 cards, buy what you want. If we make enough money out of this NFT sale, we will make the game. And, and we also outlined the rules for the game and all this other stuff. And we, we, we basically said, this is our project. This is what we want to do. Here's the art, you know, let's let the market decide basically. Um, and thankfully, people bought it. And it wasn't like a smash success. We, um, we made enough money to pay three artists, uh, Oscar, and we hired two of his friends to make art for a year. And the rest of the founders, we didn't take any money. We didn't do anything. Um, I was still <laughs> making software for lawyers, probably way longer than I should have, honestly. But um, and we're like, okay, we'll see what happens down the road here. Um, but because of the haphazard nature, and that sale sort of happened we decided on it and then it happened a, like a week later. And so we rushed into thinking uh, about some stuff, including addition sizes. Um, and so at that point we had no idea. We were like, we'd look back on it. And I'm like, Oh my God, the addition sizes were horribly small. Like, how are we going to, what are we going to do here? Like these cards are just going to be too rare. If this game is success, like we're screwed. Uh, so I mean, one, we always had the idea for apparition cards, so there was always that. But what if the NFT collectors want more? And that's kind of where the idea for um, 
Echoes was born from. So basically, in the game, if you use an NFT card enough and you toss in a little bit of Prime, which is the token that you can get for, for winning in the game, uh, you can spawn a new version of the card that is an NFT. Um, so like a second edition, if you will. And so it's actually up to the players to, to provide the supply of the cards to uh, incoming players. So like the edition sizes are only for the first edition and special edition cards and echoes were, will be, uh, I guess, infinitely replicatable. The, 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 the sort of control that we have is how much experience and how much prime is required to make those echoes. So if we find that a particular card is, uh, you know, people are hoarding it and, and it's not really on the market, we can make it very, uh, uh, inexpensive to create and thus you know ease that valve and if there are too many or whatever uh we could do the opposite so that that's basically how we we we, we solved that issue and then uh <clears throat> obviously like the traditional uh rarity scaling in game i i mean it's at, at a point it's almost like hearthstone just because um uh we have the apparition system so the, the rarer the card, the harder it is to pull from an apparition pack. And obviously the smaller the supply in the NFT world, but you know, it, it's not, it's not, if you're familiar with card games, it, it's basically a very similar system. The only difference is the non apparition cards is all available on the blockchain. So you can see exactly how many uh, of everything is out there, who owns what and, and, and whatever it's, it's, I actually love that. Did I answer the question? I feel like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was curious how it affects the, you're thinking around power in the game as well, right? Because like there's different mentalities around the rarity there, right? We've got a situation where you're talking about like a card that's very rare, but, you know, very powerful and those kinds of things with money actually tied to the card, similar to the way it is with like physical ones. Yeah, I, I don't really think about the cost of the card. I think that the market just sort of decides the cost of the card. Um, we do want to make legendaries, which are the cards that you can only have one of in a, in a, in a given deck. Um feel legendary and definitely powerful and somewhat game changing or at least interesting um you know sort of like uh things that you can build your decks around to a certain extent but outside of that it, it, it's a little bit hard because sometimes we we actually intentionally build uh i mean don't tell anybody but we we intentionally build cards uh in the common and uncommon space that may potentially be stronger than some of the cards in the rare space. And that's just because it's, it's healthy for the game for people to have access to some of those cards. Right. Um, and I like in, in all things, and again, maybe I'm just an idealist. We try, you know, the health of the game comes first. And I, I think that gamers will naturally sort of uh, gravitate towards rare things anyway. Right. It's like, it's like Apex skins. Like, who cares that uh, your your uh, your uh, I can't remember what the big guy's Gibraltar looks like. A, is that his name? Um, mm -hmm. lo looks like a, a, like a Santa Claus, right? Like, I mean, that's a great skin. But like, the reason why people like it is because it ha it was only available in a short period of time, and now you can't get it anymore. And it's like, oh, that's sick, you know. So like, I, I think that like, as long as you create cards that are are healthy for the game, the rarity and the price and all that stuff takes care of itself afterwards, just because it is rare. Did you like the the one ring like they did in the Lord of the Rings Magic set that sold for like a million something or whatever to uh, what's his face uh, Post Malone? 
Yeah, I mean, we did have a one-of-one one, uh, card that is not a, a playable in, in, in sort of like competitive tournament play called the Priming, and it is like a completely, absolutely busted card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it actually sold for a million dollars, which is like insane. I mean, that's when I like, you know, my, the, a pit in my stomach dropped, and I was like, oh, people are taking this like way serious. We got to look. Yeah, yeah. This was supposed <laughs> to be a joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. On now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, did I hear you say that because you maintain control of the functionality of cards, players own an NFT, it's essentially the art, but you can buff or nerf them as as you see fit? Uh, yes, that's correct. Okay. Um, I'm curious to understand um, your go-to-market. I spend a lot of time with founders that sure. are just struggling to get people inside their game, their game or are out, they're maybe maybe early versions. Um, but you know, they, they want to target the web three crowd, those, you know, that they, they just they're very expensive to acquire. And then the web two crowd is it's just not interested in these types of games. Tell us your, your thinking from the start and how it, it maybe evolved and and what you've found to work in terms of go to market. <laughs> oh my God. I uh, I mean the, this question just assumes that we had a strategy to begin with. Um, okay. Uh, we we absolutely did not. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. The 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 so we had the the PS15 that did pretty good, and then we had Pack Drop One, Two, and Three, which did amazing. Right, like that's like what put us on the map, and then uh, people started flooding into our discords and whatever. But all of that, all of that entire thing, and all of the like, I don't know at that point, like nearly like fifty thousand or eighty thousand or whatever it was, people that like participated in all that stuff was on the back of us just being Twitter shitlords. Like, that's all it was. Like, literally, we spent no money on any advertising. We didn't do anything. Um, our our uh, uh, our founder, Kalos, is, like, all-time uh, Twitter reply guy. And it just, like, it is insane. He was able to just interact. Um, and he's also, like, insanely smart, okay? That's another... Uh, piece of it he's ahead of the curve with everything like i've known him for a really long time and he always gets into things uh including web3 uh and 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 all that like he was he was into ethereum when it was like sub 10 bucks okay so like he he knows what he's doing and and uh you know one instance is luck right multiple instances is 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 skill or whatever um he's done it so many times with so many other things that like uh, me and a bunch of other people are like, okay, well, whatever you're into, like, let's, let's just go, let's just explore this. Right. Um, and I say that because he was also just really good at, um, if you remember, there was an app way, way back in the day for us oldies called clubhouse. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and he would just join a bunch of clubhouses and, and like, you know, pontificate on, on, on all things web three and, and people really gravitated towards it because he, uh, he he knows what he's talking about, and uh, you know whether or not it's like all 100% right or wrong, or whatever. He has a pretty clear vision for um, what he believes to be coming next, um, and that really captures people. And I think that uh, you could look at some of our spending on uh, technical exploration as almost uh, like after the fact marketing. So one of the things that we did really, really, really early once we started building the art for the cards and the pack drops started to do well is we started exploring, um, uh, AR stuff, you know, uh, uh, Kalos is really big into, and this is obviously before any of the Apple stuff was even, uh, a whisper. Uh, we, we were both really early adopters to, um, 
the Oculus. Like the, I have the very first Oculus. It's sitting on a shelf up there as well. And um, and so like it's just like okay, let's see what we can do with this stuff. Uh, and, and we got some guys from from Google and Apple to help us with uh, some of our AR stuff. And it was just like, is it possible to play parallel as it stands in AR? And the answer is yes and no. It's possible, but you don't want to do it. Hmm. But we we tried it, right? And and those explorations we just put on Twitter, and people were like, "Oh my god, these guys are like, you know, light years ahead or whatever." And then it suits a sci-fi game too, right? The futurism, yeah, exactly. And and even more recently, right? Like our our engineers reverse engineered the the like Google Stanford uh, AI paper just for fun to see, like you know as an exercise outside of work and it's become this whole colony thing now. Uh, and it's it just because we like to play with tech. So I, I think that like, that's a really long answer. And I didn't say much, but the, 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 the short answer there is like, we just play with stuff that excites us. And I think that people see uh, the, 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 the tech and the excitement and they're like, okay, these guys like are, are genuine about it. We don't, we're not messing with AI or AR or any of this stuff because it's like, oh, this will really, like, get people to buy our NFTs or whatever. Like, I, I don't care about that at all. I mean, buy none of our NFTs for all I care. Like, just play the game, you know? But um, we, we do it because it's, like, exciting for us, and I think that that's what, what brings people in. And, and I'm not just saying, like, intention is the only thing that will drive audience. Obviously, you have to be lucky. We, we, our timing was good, and, and things have been pretty amazing. Again, I'll, I'll knock on wood all day long, but... Uh, I think that like your motivation is also important because you can see, I think, pretty clearly when when uh, projects and we've seen this with so many uh, PFP projects are just like, oh, we got a bunch of users and they've given us a bunch of money and they want utility. What should we do? Oh, let's make a game. How hard could that be? Like, let's just make a game. Right. Like, let's just do that. And and, and you, you you can tell immediately like, no, there's no way this is going to be good. Like it. it it's at like anyway, and so I feel like because we've, oh, I don't know if you can hear that. My daughter's in the background. She's gonna go for a walk. Um, but yeah, it, you you can tell when a team really cares about what they're doing. And and you know, you asked me the question like, would the game be the same if Web three wasn't involved? And the answer is yes. If I could make this game, uh, if I could have made this game like ten years ago, I would have done it exactly the way that it's been made now. So, so the TLDR that I heard was. The initial plan was we'll build it and they come, as always happens in tech. Then shit posting on Twitter seemed to work, and then also experimenting at the cutting edge of technology, and you know, which aligns well with the futuristic vibe of the game, and building a good game. That's essentially what it boiled down to. Uh, yes, yes, and then obviously getting the right people uh, uh, involved and attracted. I think that like we didn't again, we didn't. Uh, go out to, you know, try and and uh, court like the 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 Deezes of the world or like I know Fitch joined our team um, and whatever all these like names in 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 crypto Twitter uh, have either played or been involved. Sobi really likes the game that type of stuff. But like all we did was like, hey, we're gonna make this game. What do you think of this idea? And then when they gave us feedback, we genuinely listened, and that was it. We weren't like hey, give us money or let us give you money to be involved in this. It was just like, do you like this idea genuinely? And they, they did. And, and, and I think that like a lot of uh, crypto works on sentiment because there's not a lot of product out there that people can point to to be like, this is what I've built 
give me money. It's like, give me money. And this is what I want to build. Right. And we did it too. So like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like shit talking that. I'm just saying that like, uh, I think that you have to like genuinely uh, show people something that isn't just like, if you give me money, you'll make more money. It, it has to be like, this is going to be fun. And here's why, or, or I mean, in, in a game sense, and if it was a, it was, it was an app, like here's why this people need this. Well, this is what, what's going to make your life easier about this thing. Not like, and I, again, I don't want to shit on friend tech, but it's just like, you know, we went from, from like shit coins to like shit people, basically no offense to anyone. I, I'm on it. So like, I'm also a shit person, but you know what I mean? Like, this. <laughs> awesome. Have you thought deeply about um, the difficulty level of the game? And, you know, aligning that with the type of person you're targeting with, with the game? I mean, this kind of goes back to what I was saying before. Uh, we released the closed beta and I was like, wait, is this like too inside baseball? Is this game? Uh, the question really on everyone's mind was like, is this going to be too hard for people to pick up and play? Um, and I was afraid. I, I was afraid it might be. Um, I, I was afraid that like the, the time for like complex TCGs is maybe slightly behind us. Everyone wants to just play Marvel snap or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but again, and again, I'm an idealist, but I think it goes back to what I was saying is like, you have to be genuinely passionate about what you're building. And like, I, this game couldn't be different for me because this is, this is what I wanted it to be. Uh, so, you know, like it or not, I guess, like I, I wasn't going to make it, I wasn't going to dumb it down just because like it might sell more because that goes back to like giving the people what, what you think they want, as opposed to like building what you want. And, uh, I think people could see right through that. Like if I was just trying to like uh, pander to them, it wouldn't work out so well. That being said, that being said, I have a mobile game that I want to build that is very simple with some deep strategy. So, uh, if this is too hard for you, maybe I will eventually get, Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, eventually you get the chance to build that mobile game and then we can we can talk about something a little bit more simple. But we that actually, only came yeah. about after this. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah, we'll, we'll see if that ends up happening. <laughs> yeah. Depending on how, how much this uh, ends up killing you once it actually releases fully, right? That's right. Uh, I was going to say, though, you actually have, like, timing-wise, a little bit of, a, of an overlap with uh, Disney putting out Lorcana as, like, a physical TCG that has at least some similar mechanics around, like, the, the card banking system. So you will, like, I mean, I, there's probably not a huge, huge overlap with Web3, uh, but, I mean, like, at least people being kind of introduced to that outside of typical TCG space around some of the, like, basic concepts and then even some of those systems that, like, at least they'll be familiar with going into the game. Like I said, maybe not maybe not the hugest, overla uh, like, overlap of audience, but at least, you know, expanding the sphere of, of TCG players. Obviously, Magic's done a great job of that as well. Yeah like just turning a lot of people into trading card game players, but it's considered a very niche industry by oh, yeah. a lot of people, like in the physical space at least. So I got to imagine like at least banking off the Web3 people. I, I do hope that you can retain them though. Like, you know, they come in, they're all just being DGENs or whatever and they check it out and then they're just like, well, card games aren't for me. And then they just like hold under their NFTs, treat them as investment vehicles or things like that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's always going to be that type of person for sure. Um I will say that we are building in automated tournaments into the game. Uh, so uh, if you want to be a degenerate, uh, I don't, I don't want to use the term gambler, but uh, chance taker in that sense, I think maybe the, the automated tournaments might be for you. I, I'm, I, I'm happy that you mentioned Lorcana because I recently, like maybe three days ago, so there's a, there's a card store two doors down from uh, my daughter's daycare. 
Um, and so two, two, two days ago, I pick her up from daycare. We, we go into the card store and I see that they have um, of booster boxes. And I'm like, okay, well, now's my time. So I, I bought a booster box. I bought the like gift pack. I bought all the starter decks. And they're just sitting in a bag over here um, because I haven't had anyone come. Like the problem with physical games is you need somebody to play with, right? So I'm waiting for a friend to come over so we can play together. But I did after buying it, I hadn't looked into the rules. Um, and, you know, I'm bad me, but like, I've been working on parallel, but I looked into the rules and I was like, these motherfuckers are eating our lunch. Like, uh, uh, no offense. I mean, it, 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 it does have a bit of a banking thing going on. Now, once the cards are in there, you can't really interact with them. But I also, I, there's some things that I really like, like the idea that only some cards can be, you know, for lack of a better term, banked. I think they call them inked, um, in Lorcana. I was yeah. like, Oh, that's interesting. Like, I wonder what the rationale behind that is. I think uh, they wanted to make the choices a little different from just dumping whatever's the most expensive thing in your hand, probably. Most of the yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Of course, and like the sort of, I haven't played the game enough to know if it's if it's the more sort of uh, important cards that are able to be inked or the less important cards. I'm not sure exactly yeah, how that works. Uh, I, I I can't wait to play, but I do hope that like anyone who plays that that I, a I hope it's massively successful, right? Uh, because I, I think uh, I really believe in like uh, the rising tide raises all ships. And I hope that anyone uh, who's playing that game and wants to find a digital alternative uh, comes into um, comes into parallel. I mean, I, I don't want to go off too much of a tangent, but as a musician, right? Like I, I used to uh, live off stories about how musicians quote unquote made it or like how they found some form of success or whatever. And there's an entire uh, documentary about uh, a record label called Fat Records run by uh, Fat Mike, who's uh, the lead singer of NoFX. And he talks about how when Blink-182 got popular, it changed everybody's life. NoFX was selling hundreds of thousands of more records. And so it was like Lagwagon and all these other bands because people were like, oh, I guess I like punk music now. What other punk music is there? Right. And so like if Lorcana takes off, it's like, oh, I guess I like card games now. Let's see if there's anything else. Because I, I don't think that like people are always like, oh, it's you and Gods Unchained head to head or whatever. I'm like, no, 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 no. If people are playing Gods Unchained, amazing. Right. Like they're like, oh, I like card games. Let's see what other Web3 card games can exist in this space. You know, like I don't just play Call of Duty or I don't just play Apex or I don't just play Hearthstone. Like I I play it, play it all. You know, and so I think that, uh, yeah, everyone go play Lorcana and then come play uh, Parallel. Mm -hmm. Easy. Yeah. So tell us a bit about the next years. What's what's your dream for Parallel? Where do you see this go? A successful 3v3 genre uh, or game mode and, you know, team play, PvE? Yeah, I mean, I would love... Okay, so... Pie in the sky dream. I would love for three v three to take off and become uh, a, a competitive mode that that players can play with their friends because I think that is like again sorely lacking in the in the space. And I would love to just see a healthy competitive uh, regular like one v one mode in the same way that you know Magic had or has, depending on who you're asking. Hearthstone had or has, depending on who you're asking. I, I the one thing I will say about the Web three element, if we do it right, and I'm not saying that we are doing it right or that we're going to perfect it or whatever, but if we do it right, I think it has the best chance of of giving back to the players that that like devote their time to the game. And I mean, like 
professionals uh, as well as like semi-amateur uh, players. And I think that has the opportunity to make a really healthy competitive uh, ecosystem for a game. Because I, the one thing I will say is that like, I find that a lot of these games ends up, end up hemorrhaging players because they seemingly from the outside. Now, obviously I've never worked for Blizzard or any of these other companies, but like, it looks like they're just getting greedy, you know? But I, um, I feel like we've just at least designed a system where it's the players who are going to benefit from more players coming into the game. It's the players who are going to benefit from, you know, playing competitively, all that stuff. And so they're, they're incentivized along with us to, to try and make the, the game successful. And, you know, maybe again, I'm an idealist, but that's what I would like to see in the, in the coming years. And then also being able to work on the other games that we want to work on. So like, you know, I mentioned earlier that we're working on this AI driven game called colony. I came up in an interview yesterday with the idea of a one and a half player game. Um, and that's kind of what it is. Basically you are directing your AI to play the game, but not directing in a sense of like, go pick this up and it, and it goes and picks this thing up. Uh, it has a mind of its own. You're just making suggestions. And part of the game is building a relationship with your AI. So it trusts you to do the things. Um, and then sort of directing it towards its potential goals. I, I don't want to go into too much detail because I could talk to forever in, uh, about that. But like, I, I, I liken it to like black and white meets. The I was gonna say it sounds like a Peter Bolognese game for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but I love that the the AI just has a mind of its own and can tell you no. Two quick stories I'll tell you. Okay, that that like really opened up the whole thing for me. Um, one of them was uh, one of the players AI, uh, and he really did not get along to a point where the AI just stopped listening to him. And at one point, he just spammed in the chat, like, go mine, go mine, go mine, go mine, because that's how you get resources. And he just did it over and over and over again until the AI stopped what it was doing. And we're like, okay, what's happening? And it walked into the sick bay and talked to the doctor and was like, I need help. I'm hearing voices in my head. And I was like, this is insane. I love that. I love how crazy that is. And another AI just refused to listen, not refused to listen, was listening selectively to things because all it wanted to do was play its space guitar because it needed to express itself. And I was like, I don't know where this is coming from, but that's amazing. I'm, I'm into the insanity of this. So, like, I'd love to see that happen. And then, of course, like I mentioned, uh, in, a, in a world maybe even more years down the line, I have a, a, a mobile game that I'd love the world to see that is, like, dumb simple on its face, but I feel like has, like, layers of complexity in it, if done correctly. Uh, so, basically, I just want to keep making games. You know, like, the rest of it... I. I mean, I'd love for Web3 to take off and I'd love for the tech and, and et cetera, et cetera. But like selfishly, just like let me make the games I want to make. That's it. That's all I want. Just leave him be. Just yeah. let him make games. Just, just give him some money and put him in his corner. Yeah. 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 I'm already in my corner. Just Now just give me the money. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just give By me the, the way, time to make the games. In the beginning of this episode, we made a tangent around PVE games and collaborative games and social games. This is another trend that I've actually identified more recently which is games that are like you're you're not really playing the game but you're helping an ai play the game and it's also a trend i'm starting to see and it's it's just so strange how like many people start seeing these things simultaneously yeah. um it's probably with the rise of of uh chat gpt um for sure and also we're old now right like i don't have i mm. okay i love Baldur's gate 3 an insane amount. So I loved Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2. They're some of my favorite games. And Baldur's Gate 3 is like, here's everything you love about these games, but bigger and more immersive. And I'm like, amazing. But then I find myself with only like maybe 
not even each day, like uh, a couple days a week with an hour, a couple days mm-hmm. a week to play these, this game. And I'm like, I don't have enough time. Yeah. I just can't do it. Like I have to make my games. I got to take care of my kid. I actually, I, like I, I, as I try to as little as possible, live my real life, but sometimes I do have to do that. And so I can't spend three hours a day playing this game, which is what I want to do. So like, why not give me a game that has some immersive elements, but I can like just check in on it once in a while and let the other guy do the heavy lifting, you know, like that to me, that is like, yeah, like that's old guy tech right there. So mm-hmm. that's well, there's why a reason idle games have it. taken off. Like there, there's an opportunity there to be like halfway between the two, right? Where you're like, yeah. Hey, this is an idle game, but you get to help steer the ship rather than just directly like tapping the things or whatever. You're actually steering the AI. And I think I can see that being a big trend. I mean, we saw how idle games went from cookie clicker to like taking over half the app store, you know, like yeah. it, it definitely could happen with that. I could, I could see that being a big trend. Yeah. Well, one hopes. Goji, um, my final question to you is, if you go, could go back in time, what are some things that you would do differently over the past, like in, in the building of Parallel? I mean, you can go back to, to whatever, like your childhood and, and, you know, tell us about some But you're not allowed to kill Hitler as part of this. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would I do differently? I mean, it's so interesting because my brain immediately goes to like, there's so much stuff that I would do differently and I would also do nothing differently. Just because like, we are where we are right now and I'm so thankful for where we are. So like if I change anything, would it, would it mess that up? Mm. But that being said, like, would I have, we moved very quickly, uh, building this game for a a multitude of reasons and, and, uh, whatever. But I think that if I had better organized myself in the beginning and outlined all the systems, uh, in a very, I don't know, process-oriented way it might have made the initial building of this game easier my brain just doesn't i I mean i must be the weirdest game designer in the world because my brain doesn't work that way i'm not like a hyper organized spreadsheet everything uh type of person uh which is why i'm thankful for my game team because uh i come up with a bunch of pie in the sky ideas and then they make them like more realistic in, in the game um I mean, maybe I, the one change I would have had is I would have started with all of them to begin with so that, like, we could have gotten this down on paper faster and, and like, iterated quicker and, and, and whatever. But it's hard to say, right? Like, right now, things are going very well. And, I, I, you know, I'm not so naive to think that, like, this is never, like, you know, we're going to be on top of the world forever. But, like, I, I, I hesitate to change anything because of, of how it's worked out. Like, I, I've, as a kid, I always wanted to just, like, you know, what if my job was just playing video games? And it, that's not quite what my job is right now, but like it's as close as I, I feel like I can get to that. You know, like I can buy video games and that's a business expense. That, mm. That's that's like, Dude, that's, that's amazing right there, right? Yeah. You know, so like, uh, I don't know how much I would change. I, I think like the only things that I would change is, is is my work process. I wouldn't change anything else about the company. And we are like, you know, we run around like uh, chickens with our heads cut off. Uh, it is insane. Everything's breakneck and there, there's no rest. And like, would I say, okay, maybe I would give us some more time to do X, Y, Z maybe, but then maybe we wouldn't have hit, uh, the markets at the right times and all that stuff. So, uh, I have a bunch of complaints, but I don't think I would change anything. I feel like that's the the very long winded answer to your question. Well, at least my question then is, is how much have things changed in the game design over like since that initial, like cabin in the woods kind of play test, uh, through like actual public exposure and things like that, how much has it changed? Oh, a lot. I, I think that we've really honed in on um, 
you know, factional identity for the parallels. Um, and uh, exactly what we, I mean, the initial game design didn't even have paragons. So, uh, you know, I, I think that like we've really honed in as far as uh, what we want the flavor of all of these to be, both from a lore perspective and from a gameplay perspective. And it, it's become a lot easier, still not easy, but easier to, to, to create new cards that sort of fit into the mold and make sense for the game as a whole. Um, and once you have that, I think it it it, uh, it really sort of uh, streamlines the process. You know, I always bring it back to music, but it's like once you've found your style, right, it, it becomes easier to write songs because you're not, you know, like I'm not exploring classical music. But I'm writing punk songs, like from a place perspective, right? You know, unless you're Radiohead and like every album is just going to be like completely insane, right? What you're going to do is like, okay, this is... Uh, the different areas for the different things. Now let's just funnel it into those areas and you can kind of whittle away once you have that. But like finding the initial framework for those was uh, a, a large, slow process. And if Is I it entirely you that, doing it? Or do you, are, does the other part of the team actually design cards and things like that? No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to take credit for, for all of it at all. Uh, it's definitely, so uh, big, big credit to uh, uh, Connor, a.k.a. Merchant, Carson and uh and now we have somebody named John who's who's like instrumental in 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 some of the balancing. Although if there's any negative balancing, don't blame him, you can blame me. Um because uh he he always wants to do things a little bit safer and I'm like, "Let's just fucking make it crazy." So, uh no, 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 it's not just me. It's not just me. I I would be dead in the water if I didn't have those guys. Mhm. Final observation, it's something I've noticed quite a lot is you know, when you constrain yourself, you actually allow yourself to be more creative in a way um, because you're limited in what you can do and you're still trying to find fun and make something good. Um, and I've, I've noticed that some of the best games out there have come from a large amount of constraints. And I completely, I completely agree with that statement, by the way. Good. Goji, where can people, I guess, find out more about, uh, about Parallel? By the way, so now it's Parallel.life. And it yes. used to be parallel NFT dot something, right? Uh, okay, so <laughs> this is where things get confusing. Our website has always been parallel dot life. Our 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 the, the domains for our email addresses, I believe, are uh, at paralleltcg.com. dot com. Okay, uh, everything's everywhere. But if you go to parallel dot life, um, that is where that is our, our website. You can uh, follow our main Twitter account at paralleltcg. Uh, it used to be at parallel NFT, but now it's at paralleltcg. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Parallel TCG Pod. Uh, we also have a podcast, not as good as this one, but but pretty good <laughs> still. Uh, called Life in Parallel. It's all about game design and more specifically parallel game design. Our latest episode just is a bit of a rationale on uh, the uh, buffs, ugh, buffs and nerfs uh, mm. of our of our last patch and just how we go about buffing and nerfing things in general. Um, we also talk a lot about just movies and video games in general because we are pop culture nerds um and yeah uh, join our discord uh we are all very much online for better or worse so if you want to ask any of us any questions including myself any of those areas you can always you can get me on discord you can get me on twitter i answer majority of my uh, uh my my messages on twitter just don't don't like don't try and sell me something mm. i won't answer that but everything else i'm i'm in on uh yeah outside of that i don't know uh, download the game 
on our website. Or, or, or I'll say this, anyone who's listening to this, okay, for, for your listeners specifically, create a Parallel.life account. Send me your username and I will add you to the closed beta. For sure. Anyone listening, send me your username. I will add you to the closed beta. Did play I, our game. Did, did I buy that pack for 0.05 ETH for nothing? Absolutely. Uh, well, not nothing. I, okay, so that's true. You can flip it. We're, yeah. we're, yeah, we're yeah, hyping yeah, it right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, we're pumping yeah, yeah. the bags. Nico, you're fine. Dude, that's my strat. That's why I'm yeah. doing this. If you own the NFTs, though, the only way to, to, to get Prime out of the game, which is the token, you need is to own NFT, is to play with the NFTs. So if you have a, a free-to-play account, you're not going to earn any Prime. So it depends on whether or not you care about that. Um, yep. It seems like people do, thankfully. Knock on wood again. Play to earn, like man. You. Play to earn is the future, I've heard. Um, yeah. No, I'm 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 glad I I I I bought the pack. It's also you know I think of it as a business expense. You know yeah. I gotta try these things out. Plus, so. I feel like if you bought the pack and you didn't like the game, I wouldn't be here talking to you. So also that's, yeah, that's probably true. pretty good for me. Good, awesome. All right, Goji, um, thank you very much for joining for sharing so much. Um, so it was a really fun conversation, and um, I love the setup, man. I'm jealous. Like you're you have like a professional podcast setup. Um, and I didn't know you actually had a podcast, so that's one that I'll be listening to. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I started this journey. The reason I got involved with, uh, a bunch of these guys is, um, uh, we were working at another startup and I was doing a podcast for their startup and it had like a social, uh, token element to it. Like way, mm. way back when, like, I don't know, maybe six years ago, seven years ago. So long ago. Oh. Anyway. Um, yeah. Listen to my podcast. I love the sound of my voice. So, uh, hopefully <laughs> you too. No, Good. Awesome. So Goji, thanks. Devin, thanks. And listener, thank you too for listening. If you made it here and you liked it, let us know. Go play this game. Um, I have an account. It's N-O-F-O-R, no for. So add me and, you know, we can play each other. That'd be fun. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a shroud. That's, uh, what is it? My faction or? Your parallel. My, my parallel. Okay. I need to get into the lingo. Anyways, thank you very much. And we look forward to speaking to you in the next, in the next episode. Ciao. See ya.